Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us, our guest today is Mr. Ali Sarib Perez of No Limit Fitness Center, coming to you from Pinellas Park in Florida. Ali, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I am. I'm good. I appreciate you asking. I'm excited to dig into this. Uh, and, and for context here, we'll get into No Limit and all that this is from a business standpoint. But for people who aren't familiar with the gym or aren't familiar with you, Ali, Give us some context here. When you describe No Limit Fitness Center, what do you tell people? Um, I pretty much tell them that we're a very unique style gym. Um, we cater more towards our members and more towards having a good experience, also a vibe in there that we try to provide. We have lights, uh, music, LEDs all over the place. So we try to keep it interesting and fun while people can kind of have their minds wander off from the day and they could just stay focused on their workouts, have a great workout and feel like they got something accomplished and leave satisfied, but also having a, an actual experience when you come in every time. Yeah. And so many, many components to this, um, but for specificity, for the business owners listening here, Ali, what are the, the different revenue sources? Where are we bringing in money as a business? Uh, most of the time it's going to be, it first started with, uh, personal training and then I ventured into more setting people into classes. Um, trying to get an experience out of that because personal training is great. It's fantastic. You can make great money that way, but you tend to be able to cater to more people in a shorter time when you do classes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people prefer more of an experience because sometimes one-on-one can be a little either intimidating or just uncomfortable for certain people. So for people like that, I like to put them in group classes. I try to provide uh, intensities for all levels and make modifications where they need to be. Um, I try to avoid having, um, shooing people away because either they're brand new, they're new to the gym and they feel like they can't keep up with certain people. My biggest thing is trying to let them understand that they have, we have all levels here. And the whole point is for you to get the best experience out of it, reach your goals at your own pace, but also be able to do the things that other people are doing may not be the exact same thing. Maybe you not, may not be able to do like burpees or something like that. So I always try to be like, listen, you know, and I always speak to people one-on-one, not to yell out loud in front of people. Um, and that really keeps them more comfortable with, okay, I understand it allows me to feel like I'm getting a little bit of an experience and also getting help where I need it. And my coach is paying attention while he's doing his classes and it makes the class experience a lot more exciting for them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and strictly from a financial perspective, oh, it's, jumping it's, in on one-on-one training can be a big commitment. And so group training helps to capture some of that other revenue in there, I would imagine. Is that right? It really does. Um, I, I teach about four classes a day. I teach a two early morning and two evening classes for people who are just ready to go super early. Uh, like people who wait, who work like later in the day during like 
you know, if you're a waiter or something in that serving industry, they tend to wake up a little later. So we have like an eight o'clock class for those type of people. Um, but we have like 5.30 PM, 6.30 PM. Those are for the people who have that eight to five or nine to five job that allows them time to, you know, get to the gym, get ready and get ready for classes. Yep. That seemed to really help a lot more because I was starting to get burned out at the beginning of training people from six to like nine. Oh, yeah. five and it was, you know, you think you could handle it and you, you more than likely can, but the whole point is not to be burnt out that you can provide a good experience because the people come in to pay for you an experience that you are providing them. And I always try to make sure that whenever they come in, they're paying for your time, that you can provide them with a service that's well worth it, but you don't want to go in and just, you know, pretty much they can see it in your eyes that you're exhausted, that you're exhausted. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of it's the, the enjoyment of like, all right. Yeah, people know. <laughs> they know. I have to wake him up. So the classes really does make a big difference in allowing you to provide more features and, and maybe transition certain personal training clients who feel like they have either reached their goal, they want to continue, but they may just want to try something different. Yeah. That was a really good means for, for us over here. I got you. And you wouldn't believe how many times I hear, and, and this is fairly a new business in the grand scheme of things, how many times I hear from new business owners that like when they first open, you are opening the doors in the morning you are coaching all the classes, you are head of marketing, you are head janitor, you are head salesperson, whatever else, you are everything. And so everything. 14, 16 hour days are, are not unheard of, but it can burn you out. So I, I get what you mean entirely. Agreed. Now, I want to, I want to kind of big picture this thing and then work backwards because as early as this is, we have a, a fairly well-established idea of what we do as a business, but three years in, we're in a pretty good spot. Three years from now, Ali, where do you see this business? I honestly see it expanding and uh, having multiple local locations first um, because you don't want to branch too far because, I, again, I've worked at major gyms before, and the biggest thing that I've seen from taking a little bit from there is that convenience is a is a big factor and you have to make sure that you have the ability to if let's say something happens at one of your locations you don't want to have to drive two hours out to go to a location that is an issue that rather than have a location that's nearby and then also another location maybe in the same area or maybe like a city a 20 30 minute drive away from another location that allows them the ability to have multiple locations and for you to be able to, you know, make sure that you're taking care of your area. And if anything does happen, you're there a little bit easier and, and a bit quicker to transition. Even if somebody needs, like, my goal is to have a couple um, uh, personal trainers and class instructors. And of course, move with management as we develop um, and train people up from there. But I realize, like, you have to also be aware that if you do open up other locations, you need to be able to have your people that you're building up and that you're trying to develop and pretty much mimic your own yourself into somebody else, have that availability to be able to transition if, if there is an issue going into your other locations that you can help and have other staff members go from one location to another if needed without 
um, causing so much of a disruptance in their life or, you know, inconvenience for yeah. a lot of other people. Sure. And so that leads to a, a fun conversation, multiple locations, similar business model, plenty for us to dive into there. But I think from a, a simplistic linear look at this, it makes sense to figure out how do we get each individual client in, in the first place. Agreed. For you so far, at least in, in the three years you've been doing this, what's been working from a marketing standpoint? Social media. Surprisingly, that I mean, social media, like I didn't understand it in the beginning how effective it is and how cost-friendly it could be, um, especially because I use a lot of Facebook and Instagram and I tend to get a lot of, I post a lot of videos from my classes and also my clients and it sparks something in other people that they see after time seeing these people develop and change and they're like, all right, I want to do it too. And I tend to get a lot of report and um, um, referrals through social media, through Facebook friends, even yeah. my own friends. After a while, they see the videos. They're like, oh my God, I need to go into the gym. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, listen, come on in. You know, you know me, you know where I'm at. I'm down the street. I'll give you, you know, I always recommend at least one free class. So then they get to try it out just to get them at least in the door. Yeah, I... I couldn't agree more with you. I think fitness really lives and dies in social media now. And it's sort of tied to, to word of mouth, if you will. It's kind of the same thing in it 2022. Is. We just talk digitally instead of face-to-face. -face. Have you guys, have you put any kind of money into advertising on social media or has this just been organic so far? To be honest, I did advertisement in the beginning and I was paying for it for a while. And I realized that that wasn't working very well. I was spending more out than I was getting in. Um, I, I Which really is thought, a problem. <laughs> right? And you would think in the beginning, you're like, oh, yeah. this is social media. Let's throw some online commercials. Yeah. It doesn't work that easy because people are getting tons and tons of information so quick, so fast. Yeah. And you, it's after time, you can't do the same thing. And it just seems like, you do want them to see your 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 information multiple times because it'll finally catch in their head. And that's how I see it, it seems to work. But on a financial standpoint, it wasn't the best decision. I should have just honestly worked on building my um, social media network. And yeah. that honestly was one of the best things I did. Uh, and of course, have my Google and, and simple things. Sure. That yeah, it can be a, a, a tough go paying for social media advertising because my perspective at least you didn't get into running a gym because you loved sitting on facebook ads manager you did it because you love training people and and at the end of the day like this is it's a skill right can we learn it sure but people make full-time careers out of this so for yes. you to not be the foremost expert on it i get it at least i, I think that's yeah. far, far more the norm in our industry, yeah. at least. Um, but there are people that find plenty of success on it. So to be determined, do you think that's something that, that you'll entertain in the future? Ever again? Of course. I think the biggest thing was, is I'm kind of old school and I had to try to develop into this new school style of social media, you know, posting more frequently, um, 
you know, showing your face more, being more out there, which normally my clients mostly just see me either one-on-one in the gym or out and about once in a while. But it's really made a big difference posting um, videos of my classes through their through the actual Instagram and Facebooks of this actual uh, No Limit Fitness Center. Yeah, it's made a big change, and also connecting it slightly with mine because you know most people have a certain amount of clients or friends on social media, and then once you open up the business, you want to slightly transition into both, but. I think the one mistake that I made in the beginning was doing too much on my personal and I'm trying to transition uh-huh. people into the actual yeah. Instagram and Facebook of it. I would pop it in there, but they would get the same content on my social media and on the No yeah. Limit Fitness. I think so, at the end of the day, there's, there's multiple ways to manage ROI. Um, and it's, as far as the paid advertising goes, far easier to measure we lost money, right? Negative ROI, but there's a time ROI component to this too. And managing multiple pages is, it it can be cumbersome. And so has it been the most successful strategy? Maybe, maybe not, but it's still bringing people through the door. Take me to the next step in the process, Ali, because just getting leads doesn't mean anything to the business until those people transition into to paying customers. And so from a sales perspective, a lead reaches out, what happens along the way for them to eventually sign up as a member? Um, okay. So I have a couple of ways that I, I receive leads. Um, since I have my website, I actually made a connection to where if somebody wants to reach out, you know, they see the website, if they're just going through Google and looking for local gyms, they click on no limit fitness center. Um, they can send us a message and it instantly goes to our email slash your phone. And it allows me to reach out because there, there's quite a bit of people that actually receive um, emails from not a phone call, not a, in, not a walk-in. And I will literally, if either through social media, through email, or through just a phone call, my first thing is pretty much getting to know this person a bit and getting to get some information regarding them. Um, getting just some rapport. So then I know who I'm speaking with, what's, what are they looking for exactly? And I, then I like to provide them with, um, you know, brisk information regarding the gym about what do we offer, um, what uh, necessities and what extra things that we provide and what makes it different from other gyms. And then I try to make sure that I finish the conversation with a date or a time that they're kind of come in um, as First thing I'll do if they call is once we, you know, give them the information that they're asking for, um, ask them a little about themselves. And then I'd say, you know, I'd be happy to show you around. Um, I, put, I put like more of a call to urgency and I try to give them options more within your own boundaries. So I would be like, hey, are you available either today or tomorrow to come in and we can set you up just to give you a tour? Um, and that tends to work a lot because you're, you're giving them options, but it's still calls of an urgency to make sure that they're going to set up an appointment with you to come in to at least um, look around and see if this is something that's for them. And yeah. once, they, once I do that, it, it seems to really help. I just really follow up on that. And I just try to confirm that same day, hey, this is Ali again, just making sure that you are, um, we're still on for today at 1 p.m. I have us all set for your assessment or just your tour. 
and uh, just make a confirmation to make sure that you're not going to be sitting there all day, wasting time, or this is just a, a lead that you may have to go back to later. Yeah. Now, it sounds like a lot of that process runs through you. Is that right? Yes. How I do you feel about the, that sales process in general? A lot of the time in our field, people get kind of uncomfortable when talking about sales. What is your perspective on that? You can't be like that. You have to be comfortable because you're selling a product that you believe in. You're selling yourself, you know, and if you really believe in the work that you're doing and you feel like you can really help these people, I think not trying to convince them, just speak to them like a person and really just tell them what you're trying, what you can do for them. Give them a slight example with like a, maybe a slight assessment that you can do and offer minor things that really make a difference. But I really try to cater to my clients because some people are really uncomfortable. Some people are, are just getting back into it. It's been pre-COVID. I had a lot of like people were like, I didn't work out. I stopped working out before, you know, the pandemic and it's been years since and I don't look the same. And I try to ensure them, you know, this is a place where it's judgment free, but I try to cater to them and try to talk to them as a human and give them my experience with knowledge as well. My yeah. biggest thing is let them leave with something new that they didn't know. Yeah. And so it becomes more of a communication process than a pushy sale at yeah. the end of the day. And it's with their best interest in mind. So we can feel comfortable and, and take solace in that. Ali, you mentioned early on that the idea, at least in the long term, is, is multiple local locations for you in the big picture. What do we need to do to, to start making moves on that? I guess, what are the, the checklist items for you to feel comfortable making that leap to go from one to multiple? I think right now the biggest challenge that I'm, I'm having at the moment to get to that next level is uh, replicating staff to just to have good staff members who are there, going to be on time. Um, finding quality um, employees is probably my biggest challenge at the moment um, because people come and go pretty frequently. It's a very diluted industry now. It's not um, how it used to be, and people come and go frequently. Um, my biggest thing is I, I am looking for people who are looking to develop grow themselves as well as possibly teach me something new in the process um, and then I can move them up towards management so then I can venture to the next location but I need to be able to replicate what I do with somebody else that can do that at my location right now yeah I don't think you're alone in that boat I hear that story over and over again I think staffing is a conversation that would take us hours and hours and hours to go down all day so. about it We'll have to save that for another day, um, but but it's it's a it's a bottleneck that has to be relieved in some way, right? Successful exactly. businesses have quality teams. If we're restricted to just you, obviously we're not going to have multiple locations if this is just you. So exactly. I think it's a a simplistic way of looking at things, but a big challenge to be solved nonetheless. It's a pretty good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up, Ali, but in the short time that we have left, why don't you tell people where they can learn more about No Limit? What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people go? No problem. Uh, our Instagram is nolimit.fitnesscenter. 
Our Facebook is No Limit Fitness Center. They're all spaced out. Um, we also have our website at nolimitfitnesscenter.fit. And um, as well as we have, I have my own um, Facebook and Instagram. Those are Coach Ali Sarib, um, Coach Ali Sarib Perez, either one of those. And you can find me there. But those are the general portions where we're located at. Straightforward enough. Ali, this has been fun, man. I, I always enjoy this type of conversation when business owners are willing to give kind of a, a look behind the scenes as to what actually happens when it comes to growing a business like this. So I can't thank you enough, man. I'm no excited problem. to see what the future holds for you because it sounds like we still have a lot of cards to be played. So we do. Now we are we are a bit shy on time, but I thank you and I wish you nothing but best. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show, Joe. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Tanner Lowry from Texas. What's going on, Tanner? How are you doing today? I'm doing better than I deserve. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> Very interesting way to put that. Uh, but no problem, man. You know, we're definitely excited to have you on <clears throat> and to, to come and add value to our community because that's really what it's all about. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what we have going on today and how you run your gym, first tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Yeah, so we're a franchise of a big brand and the branding is on point. So the way I describe our fitness facility is athletic-based training for the entire community. So our target market is anybody with a pulse ages six to 90 years old, because we do everything for everybody. We have personal training, team training. We do classes like in the boutique space. So we're um, the equivalent of like Orange Theory and F45 for adults. We also do personal training, as I already said, and uh, we do sports performance training for kids. So we do team and one-on-one -on -one personal training. So um, that seems very vast. Like our target market is huge. It's really the ESPN family. It's, you know, husband, wife, they're both active. They have two to three kids that are active in sports. It's training for the whole family, which is why I love the brand and why I love doing what I do every day. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, I mean, what made you want to start the gym in the first place? So I have been a part of D1. I just started as a coach and uh, we, we rolled into this franchise, I actually came late into the game and became a partner with them about a year and a half into operation. Um, but I've been a part of the D1 brand for seven and a half years started as a part-time coach, you know, three hours a day, two days a week, running, you know, some high school coaching and loved every second of it. But 
I knew that this brand was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life or as long as I could sustain it and as long as they would have me. Um, yeah. we, we started the Cedar Park Gym in a really cool kind of setup in Austin, Texas, which is a great market. Um, they started it with the ambition of, of setting the tone for what a boutique space is supposed to look like in terms of number of members, number of clients, and um, the price point being really, really high too. So my ambition yeah. to getting in with this team is I knew the foundation was sort of created. They had a decent team. They had a good mindset and a good market. And that's why I decided to, to jump on with the group. Good. I mean, well, I'm sure they're, they're definitely glad to have you have me on board, man. So with that being said, why did you yourself decide to get started in the fitness industry in the first place? Uh, I was a former fat kid, right? One of those stories. So I was uh, what my mom called big boned, meaning that I had Thanksgiving dinner like every single day. But I just I wanted a change in my life and I didn't have guidance. I didn't have guidance in terms of how to be fit. Um, it was it was sort of on the brink of being uh, important to the day to day was to stay to stay fit, take care of yourself. Um, I was fortunate to be an athlete, but I played baseball and being fat and playing baseball was kind of a thing. You just did as long as you hit home runs, you just, you just jogged around the base, didn't have to sprint. Um, so I, I wanted to change for myself and I couldn't see myself in any other industry. I knew that I wanted to do what my transformation did for me for other people. And I was fortunate to meet a, to meet a few people along the way to teach me um, to, to figure out how to take care of people in the space. So I was yeah. a strength coach at Washington state. I was a strength coach at Baylor when I came into to Baylor for grad school and, um, the exercise physiology program became a big part of my heart and I just ran with it. I decided to latch on to anybody that was smarter than me, absorb all the knowledge that I could and become what I thought was a professional in this field. So yeah. there was no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a part of what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a beautiful story. Um, so you're a big bone. You said you're, you were the fat kid growing up. What about that motivated you to change and ultimately kind of led you to being able to help other people have a similar transformation? Well, on the adult side, it's very, like the transformation that I had is very relatable, right? So sitting across the table from, uh, from a, from an older lady that's been overweight for 20 years or had a couple of babies in her life. Like she, when I told, when I tell her my story, it's very relatable to her versus the average personal trainer that's been, that's 18 to 21 years old, that's been fit their whole life and had biceps the entire time. I tell them my story and they're like, oh, this guy gets it, right? He understands what it feels like. And he's also, he hasn't been fit his whole life. So he knows the changes I need to make on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to get me there. So I wanted, I wanted to change because I was uncomfortable. I didn't like the way I looked. I wasn't confident. I mean, I wanted chicks. Let's be real. Like I wanted, mm -hmm. I wanted some people to see me and, yeah. and I, I felt like I wasn't seen. I was the fat friend with the good personality. And, mm -hmm. you know, I hated that about myself, but it, <laughs> you know, fast forward a decade and a half later and the transformation I went on late middle school, early high school, I, I continued to stay in shape, continue to take care of myself, but continue to learn with the goal of taking care of somebody else. They don't have to live through those days. So that was the yeah. mindset and yeah. the, the relatability is awesome. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, do you feel like you just having that personal transformation growing up gives you a bit of an upper hand? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so let's say that tomorrow or sometime next week, I decide to move to Texas. And, you know, I'm looking for the gym that has the services that you guys are offering. 
how do I know that you guys are out there? Uh, we're marketing in, in four to six different ways at any time, right? There's, there's what we call, um, so what I'm looking for rods, right? We're out there fishing. We're fishing for leaves. We're fishing for people and we're doing it in way different ways. So um, we're really big in digital marketing. That's a big thing in our space is digital marketing, sponsored ads, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, being constant there for advertising. Um, we're also heavy on email marketing. So we're driving new emails through different, different methods. We're emailing, emailing weekly with uh, one of our staff members. Mm -hmm. um, we're big, big on community engagement. That's huge being out and about with our tents, meeting people. Um, our, one of our big attractants being that we're in the sports training world is our, is our vertical jump test, our Vertec. So even the adults at the farmer's market love to test their vert. You know, they might pull a hamstring, but Hey, <laughs> we know we can take care of them, you know? Yeah. Um, so community engagement and being out at different events is it's a lot of fun but it's a good lead generation opportunity good exposure uh, and then business to business connection is a big one too it's we can be the wellness program because we have the nutrition services we have the capability of, of taking on a lot of people in terms of membership and all that stuff um, it's it's different than the big box gym model where gold's gym can walk in and be like hey we'll give you 15 percent off 600 people in your business and you get a write-off for it ours is a little bit different in terms of how we get those people in the door mm -hmm. um, in the boutique space you can invite them in for a wellness opportunity to work as a team or you can have two weeks free to, to come try us out and then on the back end of that we can drive some membership and personal training per the individual but business to business relationship is big because across promotion we have a target market that's super vast and a lot of people want to be in front of our target market so we can add them to our email list you know create that referral system back and forth mm -hmm. and then teams and team sponsorship and league sponsorship because we are on the youth side and that's one of our big breadwinners is being active at at um, different events for flag football or football games and just wearing the d1 brand people can see it but we can also drive leads through sponsorship with those leagues and um, that hits the whole family. You know, you start with the seven-year-old that's in flag football, wants to get a little bit better at sprinting and, and lateral movement. Well, mom's sitting on the sidelines and bam, we have another potential client right there. So the training for the whole family thing means we have to be everywhere, but we have a full team to be able to facilitate that. Gotcha. So talk to us a little bit about the team that you have, because you said you do digital marketing, sponsoring ads on Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, community engagement, networking with businesses, and then also, I think you said a little bit about corporate wellness and team sponsorship. So how are you doing all of that? Yeah, it's a great question because you would think we had a team of 50, right? right? But we don't. We have a small, quaint team. We have 10 people and then a couple owners. And they facilitate all of it. But we do, we're very laser focused on compartmentalizing job descriptions. So we hire for a need. And we give upfront expectations of daily, weekly, monthly things that they have to accomplish in order to be successful to drive our success. We right. just hired a brand new general manager. We um, lost our general manager to, a, I say lost. Um, we love him. Um, he's an awesome dude. He transitioned to another D1 um, just across the way in Florida. So um, we didn't lose him in the system, but he, he was moving on to bigger and better things for his family. Um, we hired a new GM because what we were lacking the most of was community engagement and corporate wellness opportunity. So for the last two months, when we brought on our new general manager, that's exactly what he does. He's out and about in the community. He has a, 
um, daily, weekly, monthly task list of how to generate leads and opportunity in that way. Shaking people's hands, having no shame, walking into businesses, getting in with the person at the front desk and, and getting a good point of contact for us to drive referral programs and opportunity. But he's leading with value. Right. When he goes in there, he's not saying, hey, I have this business. Can I have your business? It's, hey, we have this brand. We have 150 current members and 200 people that we serve outside of that in our, in our ancillary stuff. How can us blasting you to our members benefit you? And that's how we create that relationship. But it's one person with the sole expectation to do that and then help manage the day to day, too. Um, and then we do email marketing and digital marketing. Digital marketing, we outsource to another company, another marketing company. Um, I've been with them for five years in various businesses, uh, all fitness related, and they've been fantastic. So they've got the software, they have the reps, and we just talk to them weekly to update collateral and make sure that we're staying on point in terms of cost per lead and all that stuff. But they have all the metrics that we need. But we have one person at our front desk that is, is our manager at the front desk. She oversees our manager in the digital marketing, and then she also does our weekly email marketing. So um, community events and things like combines and youth sports and all that stuff. We do, we do things, a, a big event quarterly and mm-hmm. whoever wants to be a part of that can be a part of that. Um, it's yeah. not like the general manager has got to be there because that's his main gig. Um, hopefully the whole management team and leadership team is going to be there, but a lot of coaches come because it's good exposure for them, right? It's good for them to get out and about and meet new people and, and create their own opportunity in terms of potential new clientele. Right. Right. So, I mean, to the business owner that may not have a team of people helping yet, which one of these different lead generation sources do you think we'll go like which your top two, which of the top two are the most important for somebody to focus on when they want to get consistent leads in consistent and qualified, I'll say. Consistent and qualified. Um, So I wish I didn't have to just pick two. Right. But uh, in terms of sustainability, if I had to choose just two, it would be drive community engagements and referrals, because if you're a lone wolf, referrals are going to have the best conversion rate no matter what. Right. Like that's that's wholeheartedly people come to you and know you by name already or know of a person that lost 30 pounds because of you or know that Timmy went from not making the B team to dunking on everybody six months later. Right. They're going to want to know where Timmy was training. So if somebody comes and say, hey, I know Timmy, well, that's a, that's an easy win. So the more you can drive referrals in terms of um, community engagement and meeting people face to face, if I'm a lone wolf, I'm going to drive that a lot. But that also takes you away from the day to day, which makes it a little right. bit harder. Um, digital marketing is something I feel like everybody should do because it's advertising and it's just it's just a thing right now. But the conversion rate on that is is a little bit lower than these other opportunities um email marketing should take no more than about an hour a week this it's the accumulation of things you have going on um, and just you're already creating an email list with lead generation hopefully so the consistency of email marketing just keeps your face out there in a different method than just um than just digital marketing so if i had to choose two if i had to choose two i would choose community engagement and then referrals Referrals, referrals, referrals. If you've already done the groundwork of, of generating members and generating opportunity, asking for referrals is going to multiply your business. Uh, you can do all the things in the world. You can do all the great things that have a great conversion rate on the front end. Mm-hmm. But if you're not asking your current clientele for to help bring you people in, in terms of like <clears throat> refer and receive programs, or just straight up asking, like I got this client that I've had for 
two years and I've never asked him once to bring in a friend. Like what? Come on, just ask him. What are they going to say? No, they never even think about it. They come and train with you for an hour, two to three times a week. The last thing on their mind is how many more clients you need, but they love you. They've been with you for two years. So ask, asking that way. And it's going to drive referrals like you've never seen. And there's, there's methods to go about it, but referrals are really going to be how you multiply your business. Okay. That was very well said. Um, thank you for the explanation. So let's say I get referred in by one of your members. What does me as a client, or I'll say a potential client, what is my journey going to look like when I step through your front door? So you're going to be met by a front desk person. We're big on, well, let's start from when you're received, actually, because this is, this is some knowledge that I learned um, that's super, super important. So whether it be we're answering the phone, receiving a text message, or we get set up on a text with a potential referral opportunity, the sale starts then. So if I'm looking at it from a business perspective, the first point of contact inside or outside of the facility is when the sale starts and you can completely kill it or not do well at the very beginning. Um, what we do as a team is we call, we call it um, painting the picture, right? So setting the expectation of exactly what they're going to expect once they get into the facility because fitness sucks, right? Let's think about it from the adult side. Like the concept of fitness is weird. You sweat. It's probably on your lunch hour or way too early in the morning and you're around people you don't really know either in the, in the big box, in the big box world or in the boutique space where you, you know, you're probably middle of the pack. You're not beating anybody on your treadmill sprints. So the concept is weird. Like you don't, you're not really enjoying yourself, but if we paint the picture of exactly who they're going to see when they walk in, exactly what they're going to experience when they walk in the front door, like you're going to get a tour. You're going to sit down and chat with this person. You're going to talk about X, Y, Z. We're going to do a Q&A to get this information from you with the whole goal of understanding you as a person and setting you up for success on your fitness journey. If they know that coming in, they're going to, they're going to spend a little less time talking themselves out. of it, And that's the ultimate goal. So when we receive the person's information or we get a person that's generally interested, we paint that picture for what they're going to expect. We got Sarah at the front desk that's going to greet you. She's going to give you a brief tour, going to pass you off to Levi, who's going to sit down with you and do a brief Q&A, going to ask you what you've done in the past, what your goals are right now, what your schedule looks like. After that, we're going to do a brief workout that's just going to show us your flexibility, range of motion, the ability to move through space, how, and it's going to give us a lot of insight on how we can help you get to your fitness goals. Bam, they know that Sarah's there. They know that Levi's there. They know exactly what they're going to do. And they know afterwards, we're going to sit down and chat about the opportunity. Yeah. So there's no gray area. The only reason they will say no to coming now, probably, is if they know Levi and don't like him, right? And that's a, that's a character flaw on Levi's part, right? So um, it's, it's, it's painting that picture of exactly what they're going to expect. And then when they get in the front door, just creating a really quality customer service experience, it's going to make it to where they know we genuinely care. Because fitness is, a, they're everywhere. Like you can walk down a mile in a major city and you're going to run into five, six boutiques now because they all they need is 3,000 to 5,000 square feet of space and they can go to every strip mall. And odds, odds are there's two to three coaches in that facility that would do just as well as all of our, all of our people. The difference is the systematic approach in which we get the person in the door. And yeah. once they get in the door, we're going to create a good experience because the people that we hire, I genuinely tell the, the people that we hire for, for coaching, for, for youth, I genuinely say when my kid's 10, would I want this human to coach my kid? You know, so we already know that's the case. So when, yeah. when, when Timmy walks in with his mom, 
we already know they're going to have a good experience. We just got to get them in. Yeah. I mean, from just kind of listening to you talk about your business, it really seems like, you know, like the ins and the outs of the processes and systems that you guys have, have going on there. So talk to us about like, what systems do you have in place to keep track of everything? So how are you keeping track of who's coming to your door every month? How many people are closing? How many people are leaving and things like that? Cause I think that's, that's an important thing is, is metrics. Yeah, sure thing. Because um, especially with my ownership style, I'm not there day to day, right? I'm, 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 I'm strictly getting reporting daily from our different people to, to see how I can step in and be a value to our team. So we need to have good reporting. We need to keep track of metrics because if we don't know our numbers, we don't know anything. And I'm not just talking about the top line or the bottom line. That, that, that's going to happen if we know things from number of leads generated to number of people that came in the door to number of people, or excuse me, leads generated, people that we scheduled, people that showed up, people that we closed. If we see those things, I can look at our general manager, our head coach. I can, I can talk to our front desk staff and be like, hey, our scheduling percentage has gone down a little bit. Are we really grinding on leads like we need to? Right. So though that's how you step in at, from a management perspective on, on how to facilitate your team's success. Um, but to answer your question, the things that we use are um, an active CRM tool, which takes in all of our, all of our lead generation. And then we use that text is king in our industry. We always lead with call because that's how you should. I mean, it's just proper and professional and our target market is still between the ages of 24 to 40, you know, 45 years old. So those, a lot of the people that don't call themselves millennials are still going to answer the phone. So we lead with phone call because that's always optimal. Um, we do what's called a double dial. So we, we call first. If they don't answer, we call again and they think, oh man, something's urgent. They really need us. And then it's just us on the other line. If they don't answer, we, we are reluctant to leave voicemail. Um, but then we send a text immediately through our CRM tool um, with, and it starts as a Q&A. So um, we, we ask questions to keep it open-ended. Say, hey, this is Tanner with D1 Training over in Cedar Park. Thank you so much for checking out our website. Have you ever done personal training or group fitness before? Bam because it's a yes, no opportunity. And they're, um, they now realize it's not robotic. It's not text. Yes. For more information, right? Mm -hmm. It's have you ever been a part of what we do? And then you open up that conversation to actually ask questions. And now what we say is when we're texting or when we're on the phone, it's we lead with an exclamation and then ask another question. So the answer to that question, I say, great. Are you interested in adult or youth training? And they'll say adult or youth. And you can continue the conversation with the ultimate goal is to get them in for, um, for a free trial. But you have, to, you have to build rapport first, right? You yeah. have to. If you don't build rapport, you're just another person on the other side of the line. And guess what? They don't want to go there because fitness sucks, right? And the people that don't think fitness sucks, they become coaches. And we already have coaches. We need members. So that's our play is to build rapport and get them in. Um, once they're in, we just have a basic point of sale system that monitors all our sales and allows us to um, run credit cards and all that fun stuff. And then we keep track of end of month, end of month metrics with all of those things. So we look at everything I said, leads generated, um, <clears throat> leads generated, people that we have scheduled, people that show, uh, people that close. And then ultimately we get a conversion rate from the number of leads that are generated. And we know in order to hit the metrics that we want to as a team, we have to generate anywhere between 180 to 275 leads per month um, with the conversion rate we have now, knowing that referrals conversion rates are high superior. That's why there's such a big range. 
Okay. So I mean, with everything that you're doing in terms of marketing, would you say that that is generating the the amount of opportunities that you need each month to hit your targets? Yes, but I will say this as a caveat. Um, if you're if you're hundred percent reliant on digital marketing leads, it, it's going to be an absolute grind because we talked about, I'm not a big person on, and this isn't actually my verbiage. I'm not big on quality leads. You, you spoke it earlier. We talked about qualified leads. You're not going to get as many qualified leads through having a free week offer over social media, right? Versus um, like a referral system. So if you're, if you're hundred percent relying on digital marketing leads through Instagram and Facebook, guess what? Everybody else is doing that too. Right. So um, you're going to that's why having multifaceted marketing plans is so important and why compartmentalizing job descriptions is so important, because if you have one marketing person trying to do it all, you will fail. I promise in this space, because everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it just a little bit better than you. And you're going to have kind of a multifaceted method of doing it. But yeah. So let's talk about the future. Um, Actually, first, let's talk about some of the challenges that you guys are, are working on overcoming as we speak. Yeah, so we spoke about it off air, but we're, we're growing and it's taken about five months to bounce back from what we felt like was not a very good space. Like we were breaking even, doing okay. We were having a little bit of fun, but not all the fun, not high-fiving. So we had to be very systematic in the way we rehired people and put them in their specific job descriptions. This month, we hit a revenue record. We still got a couple of days left in the month. I envision us doing uh, closing out really, really well. Um, we, had, we had a couple of specials in there for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We're really relying on those quite a bit. Um, but our pain point within the next three months, similar to what it has been in the last eight, is, is um, proactively hiring because we are growing all our coaches right now currently are if they're not already filled up with their time they're about to be filled and because this is a one-on-one class-based system we don't have that hybrid of online and in person like some people do and are successful with we have to be there physically and you can only take so much on as a coach and be there physically and be successful now in our space it's nice because we can couple athletes up adults don't like to couple couple up with another adult with the same fitness goals, but an athlete that wants to generate more speed, if they have a person that's um, close to their age gap, they tend to be okay with teaming up in that one personal training session. Um, But it's not always like that for everybody. So we need to proactively staff and hire ASAP. Now, one of the pain points with that is we don't have a full-time position to bring somebody on right now. I have to have them buy into the fact that in two to three months, I can have them build up if they grind. Right. So a pain point there, too, is I'm not going to be able to pull a very experienced coach kind of out of the woodwork that knows how to do that, which takes a lot of upfront education and a lot of a lot of buy in on their part to trust the process. But then a lot of extra um, a lot of extra time and energy from us to make sure they're successful. And we could do it because we're projected to grow really fast, but we just have to we have to be consistent in our interview process. We have to be slow to hire, but have them ready and prepared once we do, because we are going to grow. Um, we hit, a, like I said, a revenue record this month. We're super excited, but um, the January uptick that we haven't seen over the past two or three years, like we have in the past, it yeah. still exists a little bit if you do it in the right way from the adult side. And it's going to happen. It's coming very, very soon. 
Yeah, so a um, few more questions here for you because we're almost getting to a good place to wrap things up. But I always like to, this is one of my favorite questions. If you could wave a magic wand, six months, where would you want your business to be? Um, I would like to be about 15 to 18 coaches deep and all of them maintain it about 20 to 25 hours on turf on average. And the reason I say that is because I've seen it before. Um, I was at a different D1 facility that um, we saw that many coaches with that much volume. And there's nothing more electric than celebrating with those athletes and with those adults that they're winning. Mm -hmm. and it's going to take that amount of volume for people to experience it, to experience it every single day. I think yeah. that that's taking it away from the revenue side because revenue comes when you have that mindset of changing lives. And I'm, I've, I promised myself if I ever went in the mindset of seeing people as a dollar sign, I would get out of this business because it's easy to get caught up in that. It's easy to get caught up in the quotas and expectations and wanting all these things. And we're always going to talk about those things. But if you're good to your clients, they'll be good to you. And that should be the centerpiece of what we do. But in six months, if I can be out on the turf and not only does it feel full, but it feels full, right? Like everybody's heart is full. They're enjoying it. There's high fives all over the place. Um, and I want in six months from now, which is our, the heaviest time of year for us, because it would be around that uh, May, June timeframe, which is summer and summer, the kids are out of school. So it's constant, right? All the kids are coming throughout the day. They're doing personal training. We're doing team training all throughout the day. So from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., it's popping. At least it should be, right? Yeah. Um, but what, what, what we intentionally have done, and it's been electric, is we moved, we have, a, we have an eight-week programming um, cycle to all of our classes. And so we intentionally made it to where every eight weeks, we do a testing week for all of our clients in the classes well now every single personal training client and or team training session is also testing in that same week and what that does is every eight weeks everybody's retesting at the same time whether it be checking their body fat percentage um, you know seeing where they're at in terms of their their body fat and how well they're going towards their goals or increasing their vertical jump or or decreasing their sprint time or whatever it is but because everybody's testing everybody's excited, right? And if, you're, if you don't make it or you don't hit your goal, well, then we just have to revamp and do it again. So we were already retesting every eight weeks in the classes, but adding the personal training and team training to be that same week, all the high fives, all the excitement, all the things are going on all at once. And there's nothing more electric than seeing everybody reach their goals all at the same time. So to answer your question, to simplify what I just said, 15 to 18 coaches working 25 to 30 hours, 20 to 25 hours a week on the turf and generating that community and environment where it's goal oriented. And it's going to happen around that May, June timeframe. There's going to be nothing more rewarding than that. Yes. Well, <clears throat> Tanner, that is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, where can we find you? Um, man. Just go to at D1 Cedar Park on Instagram. Um, definitely follow that account. My wife is my wife and Sarah at our front desk run all of our marketing. So they do a really good job with our social media. Um, I'm tagged on those posts. Um, you'll nothing really fun on my particular Instagram. It's just me and my awesome kids and my beautiful wife. So um, follow at D1 Cedar Park. Just check in and, and see what we're doing. But um, 
people can reach out to me or whatever. They can, they can email me T Lowry 98 T L O W R Y 98 at hotmail.com. Um, if I can do anything for anybody, you asked me this question before we got on is I was that coach to work six hours a week and wanted to do all things and be a part of everything. And I experienced burnout about two to two and a half years into it. So if you can do two things in this space as an up and coming coach or up and coming entrepreneur in the fitness space, it's avoid doing everything right and value yourself because it's very easy to devalue yourself because guess what people negotiate price all the time and for some reason people can negotiate customer service pricing more than any product in the country but what we do is priceless it just has to be valued between 80 and 120 dollars an hour depending on how good you are at your craft you have to value yourself in order to make it long term in this business I've been doing it for seven and a half, almost eight years. And the one thing I did at the beginning of my career was think that I was only worth $50 a session. And I promise you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not one of those individuals because you're doing extra and educating yourself and you owe that to yourself. So enjoy yourself and always value yourself. All right, mic drop. Thank you so much, Tater. Uh, you know, we definitely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And definitely look forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lowers out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Gary of Fitness City Gym coming to you from Matawan, New Jersey. Gary, how are you, sir? What is going on today? Hello, Joe. I'm okay. It's a beautiful day here in New Jersey. It actually is. Beautiful day in New Jersey. We'll take it any day of the week. <laughs> Gary, obviously, uh, the focus of our conversation is, is Fitness City and, and the gym and the business of what you do. So for some context, let's dive straight in. When you describe Fitness City Gym, what do you tell people? Well, I would say uh, it's a little cliche-ish to say old school, but we're old school because I never changed from the past. And that works for some. I'm a sole owner, sole proprietor, sole, I'm a subchapter S corporation. So I know what I'm doing. I pay the right taxes, but we're old school, meaning I'll start this right off with a strange thing. Um, after COVID, 
for a certain number of reasons. I stopped taking Visa MasterCard Discover any card at all. That sounds sacrilegious. That's not going to happen. But for me, it worked because the exorbitant fees when I was closed, they wanted $1,100 for rental fee, whatever. So that's, but the business itself, it's run, uh, I don't say seat of the pants, but nothing has changed except I love the people. I mean, Joe and I just I had a little problem with my phone. I can reach out to my gym members for anything, you know, and they know they come to me for anything, not just weights, bars, benches, nutrition talk. It's a family. That's what I tell them. It is. It really has been for 44 years now. 44 years is quite a tenure in the fitness industry, Gary. That's the fitness industry is unlike any other place. It's, it's not all sunshine rainbows all the time from a, a 30,000 foot perspective, at least what's been your favorite part about running this business and what's been the hardest part about running this business? They're both the same because I'm being as honest as I can. The favorite part is kind of what I said. I get to know everybody in here and there's been about 7,000 people come through and I know them all. It's not, I don't delegate a manager who signs in people. I'm not taking that call. You heard that. Okay. So uh, the favorite part is getting to know everybody and yes, watching them grow. And we have athletes start from 14 who are now the captain of our police in our town now with three kids of his own. So I watch him kind of like a teacher you know you see different generations and i love the people more than anything um and i don't i, I never got tired of working in the gym that makes me a muscle head i don't know but i never counted one hour in all these years and i'm not a you know i'm not kidding it's i just love being in here we've had parties we've had um when people pass away we help them out loan money whatever if you need a any uh it's a big family man i could go yeah. on and it's uh, a pretty tight-knit group you're very tight, yes. And new people come in and they catch on and, they, and they're and they not used to it because we're surrounded. I got to slow down here. I sound like I'm the New Yorker type. Yeah. <laughs> we are surrounded by the big conglomerates, you know, the big uh, big Jamelli Fitness and Workout World. And finally, never, never badmouth them because we get a lot of their converts when they need something a little more, mm, just family, again, that word structure. Less commercialized. Yes, good equipment, nothing. I mean, uh, I don't bring in the most, uh, the newest and greatest, but it all works. And I, we weld here, we fix things. And sure. There's no downtime, that's important. Yeah, and, you mentioned uh, along the way that we get a trickle of new people here and there. What do you do to, to bring those people in? Is this some sort of marketing strategy or is this just somewhat organic on its own? Okay, don't shake your heads, other gym owners wouldn't hear this, but we have a very, our attrition rate is very low. So most of our people stay here. And I mean, we have guys from 1980 still here. One guy had a tattoo of his gym number. We assigned gym numbers on his thigh with our logo. That's a little strange. I wouldn't go that far, but that's how the place meant to him. So the way I get people signage, first of all, we have a big 11 foot Hulk statue out in front of our building. That's for the new people though it's a lot of word of mouth yes social media facebook and uh, i don't my budget is oh my here is zero yeah i i don't allocate money for it because i don't want to overload it in a small gym i that's important you want to keep it up to uh so it's not packed at all times and everyone feels well hold on a sec i gotta say goodbye see you later al 
I have a video, as I told you, above. Sure, sure. So I'm working. Um, boys. And so we, we've somewhat just let it flow naturally thus far. We haven't put any kind of money into advertising. Is that right? In the past, I did. I was on radio spots because I was a bodybuilder. And so they, that was the, I am in, I, there's a license plate. This is just going way back. Um, I am animal friendly place. And it was chosen by the governor to use the Mr. USA um, to highlight that. And I got to travel all around the state of New Jersey. And that brought in a lot of people. And we've had, oh my God, we had Geraldo Rivera, whether you like him or not, he trained here. Queen Latifah, others in a small yeah. gym. because they, So the, the marketing is, it, it's really 99% word of mouth. And Do you think it's something that you'll get back to in the future at any point? In different ways. When we have, like, when I'm going to be, uh, every year they have a, the Chamber of Commerce has a, a matter one day, let's see, every town has that. And you set up your little booths and you, that kind of advertising, but not the old fashioned way. That never, I mean, years ago I was in Yellow Pages, remember that? And then <laughs> I had uh, sort of gone, uh, gone with it, the wind, if you will. But you mentioned social media being an aspect of this. Do you think that that's a, a platform that you guys would put money into or no? I would. I've done it with the free side now because I, I use my personal, you know, my name is Gary Campbell and I have a lot of that. And through, again, word of mouth and the, uh, I guess the algorithm's working because a lot of people know about us over the years and the new people that, um, they read, we have some nice reviews, you know, a lot of five stars. And I'm not talking about Yelp. I don't pay for that. It just, they seek out a gem locally and they can choose from five in our particular area. And as long as some of them come here, I'm happy. We, again, my membership base, I don't need 2000, Joe. I have really the top we've had is like 220, 250, but that's just how do you me. Think, how far do you think it could go in total? Um, I could ruin the place and have 500 or more. I'm not kidding. I, see. <laughs> I don't like to advertise at all. And, it's it just self-regulating and it sounds really it's totally against the grain to do this but if you have a smaller place and you pack it that's going to just destroy it for everyone and even though we're 24 hours have the three the two levels on the outside and i'm not complacent I, oh by the way we're talking about this and i also sell equipment i sell equipment i've been doing that for 35 years to schools high schools colleges that's a different that's another income plus i rent out rooms above the building i own the building and uh, that works out well. And I have garage, I rent to a, a professional glazier, you know, glass man and commuter parking lot. So it's diversified, but the base and where I am all day is in the gym and uh, it all helps. So it's not 100% the money from the gym, but it, it's, it's doing okay. I'm yeah. no okay. And so is there potential for us to do things differently? Sure. Yes. But we've gotten thus far the way that we have done. And, and so more or less the if it ain't broke kind of mentality. Take me through a typical sales process here, Gary. Somebody reaches out interested in joining the gym. What happens for them to eventually sign up? Okay, we don't have it online. There's no online sign up. I'll get uh, an email. Let me clear this thing here. I get an email one percent of the time they're interested in it and then i just respond really i don't care what time of day or night i respond back to them and most of the time they'll come in and then i take them through 
instead of having some trainer do it, I take them through the gym. Doesn't take all that long. Show them what they're going to get and speak to them like I, you know, from the heart. And, and I don't know what the number, or the ratio is, but I, everyone who comes in here, it's almost nine out of ten join. I'm not kidding. That's crazy. Sure, we don't have 500 joining in a, in a month, but um, I, I'd almost be scared to see if I really advertise and put out the money mailers and all the things that people do. And door to door, we have our trainer goes door to door and he brings in enough. So I don't want to overload it. I said that three times. Sorry. But yeah. there's always this room for improvement. And you know what that would be to duplicate myself, Joe. I had the chance. I'm going back now in 79 when I started. I sold equipment and I had the gym and what a great idea back then. We were only gold was a year or two older than us, but around here, we're the first to do 24 hours first to have that. And like, if someone had said, Gary, do you want to, you know, I'm not taking that. <laughs> I don't care who it is. Uh, so things, things could always be more, but I, I got to say this too. See, I'm these wrinkles. I'm 66 now. And I was a little hungrier when I was young. So if it's a gym owner, when, when I was younger, this, this interview would be a little different, the same ideas, but I was really, I mean, I was out, they had real auctions, let's say. So I would go to auctions, get the equipment, have someone watch the gym. I had, I traveled the whole, I traveled overseas, compete, you know, made a lot of money back then, probably more than I do now, but well, I was competing in, you know, in Europe. Sure. I bought oh, boats and cars and all that, but getting off the topic. Um, and so what do you see as the future of this, Gary? Do you think at any point that you will sell the business? Do you think that you're going to double down and open up multiple? What is What does the future hold for you here? Again, years ago, I would have opened more of them. And people have asked to do that you know take over other gyms like my friend chris lambert does he has five big beautiful gyms attilis gyms i love the guy he's he's made it really well but i don't see me doing that because i'm kind of happy where i am and what can i change here nah i just want to get a little more equipment on the outside i like when other companies come and they want to use our eclectic looking outdoor gym to film and and i, I guess i'm taking more out of the business than i'm giving now i'm here all the time but yeah my younger self could have done made a ton of money with this one but uh, can you tell i'm happy i'm happy yeah yet. no I, I think that's an important factor here i think when people run their own business a lot of the time the actions that we take are with somebody else's goals in mind and not always our own mm. right it sounds like you have the opportunity. Could we grow the membership? Sure. Could we get on all these other services within the facility? Sure. Could we do multiple locations? Probably. But at this stage of your life, that's just not the interest. Do you know what I mean? And so that's totally fine too. I don't like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? You, you would ask me and I'm acting like I know you for more than 20 minutes here, but <laughs> Joe, and that's okay. That's the way I'm with everyone. The, uh, I had an offer on this building. You said, would I stop? And, I, it was a sizable number, you know, the big number plus, and because uh, they're going to build, they're still going to build out front um, 100 units, apartments, and I'm friends with the big time builder. Uh, I said no. So he bought a little barbershop that had one third of the space and he gave him that number and I'm, I didn't kick myself. I just love it that much. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. My girl says, I, uh, you know, we could have, what am I going to twiddle my thumbs down in Florida, retire? And I wasn't ready yet. So I guess I really do love it here. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to sell the business. I'll probably <clears throat> go down with the ship 
my health, you know, I'm lucky I have good health, but I, I love it. And I still go to other gyms too. And as I think I said to you, I know what's out there. Yeah. I, I watch the big ones. They're, they're fun. And they know me, so they don't, I don't have to pay. It's kind of nice. <laughs> I don't push it in their face. But then I've used to travel the country doing that too. And uh, competing all over in Europe and uh, always make sure to go to gyms. You name a place. I think I've been it by now. Been there. Yeah. It's, it's a fun conversation, Gary. And, and for us, a pretty good place to start to wrap up our conversation with the short bit of time that we have left. Why don't you tell people where they could learn more about this? Is there a website that people can go to to learn about Fitness City? Yes. Um, you can go to our website, which is, oh, my God, this is how bad it is. <laughs> FitnessCityNewJersey.gov. <laughs> oh, my God, I haven't used it in a while. It's not an interactive site, but it shows. We put a little time into it. made it ourselves, obviously. Had a lot of people calling to update it. Fitness City. Oh, my God, Fitness City. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Maybe you want to cut this part. We'll link <laughs> yeah. it in the notes. Anyway. Yeah, there's enough it's, out there. Uh, it's, it's a fun conversation. Like I said, Gary, I think I always appreciate when business owners come on and, and they're willing to share kind of the behind the scenes look into their own mindset and, and why they do what they do just as much as what they do. So I can't thank you enough. We'll have to check in again down the road and see where this whole thing takes you. But for today, we're a bit shy on time. I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. You're the best. Early holiday greetings, all that. Thank you very much, too. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.